Hello everyone, welcome to Beyond Nintendo, my name is Richard and in this week's episode we're not going to be talking about what it's like to be a creator, we're going to be talking about the news and talking about some of the things I've been playing this week and hopefully give you a rundown of the future of the show kind of thing. I don't think I need to do that, but anyway, let's grab those coffees and let's jump into this week's episode of Beyond Nintendo. As always, the show is sponsored and brought to you by the lovely folks over at Patreon, patreon.com slash beyondnintendo. Support me and get all my content early for as little as a dollar. That's patreon.com slash beyondnintendo. And you can also support my other show called Desert Island Games, where I get guests on weekly and discuss games that they would take on to a desert island. Head over to anchor.fm slash desert island games or find them all on your favorite podcasting app. So now that my shill bit is done, I can sit here and, well, talk all about Nintendo things. It's been a while since I sat down and talked about the news. It's been a bit quiet, if I'm honest, out there in the Nintendo landscape, but I thought I'd have a look around, see what caught my eye. But before I do, I want to talk about something that not a lot of people are doing, or not that I know of, that are playing. Currently, I am in an online game with inside out over at the nerd nest if you don't know what the nerd nest is uh it's a discord channel for people who uh follow the nerd nest on youtube and uh, yes i have my own discord channel yes i've just shouted out another content creator but this content creator or these content creators there are lovely run junt stomp and uh lloyd or daz dazza dazme um but one of the uh, guys there in the nerd nest started up a cooperative online game of Wargroove. Um, <laughs> this game has been going on a very long time. And let me tell you, it's well worth it. It's a lot of fun. And it's been a really interesting kind of mix of turn-based strategy with someone on the other side of the pond. Now, to put it in perspective, Wargroove is almost like the spiritual successor to Advanced Wars, but with a lot more tech and a lot more things inside it that can really aid it in the 21st century to be a really good strategy game. Strategy games, for me, are hit and miss, but Wargroove hits in all the right places. It looks great, it's designed well, it's got great units, and it also has a really good story, but it has a lot of content to boot for its price. Not only do you have the story campaigns that the developers have put in, but you can create your own story, you can create your own multiplayer maps, and you can go as far as creating your own damn campaigns, and not enough people are playing this game and giving it the recognition it deserves. On the Switch, it's a 432 megabyte download and costs under £20. Honestly, it's well worth it, and I wanted to put this at the beginning of the show because what I wanted to do was get a Beyond Nintendo four-player battle. That's what I want to try and do and try and get something out there where we can all have a game and battle each other. Now, the beauty thing of the beauty thing, the wonderful thing of Wargroove, if you like, is the fact that you can do asynchronous. So you can take your turn and then you can leave it a day and come back to it. Obviously, the reason myself and Inside Out are taking forever to do this is purely down to me and me alone. So it is just my fault, the reason why this hasn't actually got very far, but there we are. We are doing our second campaign because the first one completely failed, but it's great to see something like this in a game like Wargroove. I think it's not brought in enough in multiplayer games, especially in this day and age, where asynchronous multiplayer could really 
help some obviously not every single multiplayer you wouldn't want asynchronous multiplayer in something like apex legends which would be hilarious to see but at the same time it works really well in Wargroove, but that's what I wanted to start with today in today's show is getting a competitive game of Wargroove together and seeing how we do on like a four player map. Find out more details coming up in the, in the coming weeks of Beyond Nintendo and we'll discuss more of Beyond Nintendo's competitive Wargroove. So should we actually talk about some news then and not just me trying to advertise something here on the show? Let's discuss the Switch itself and its sales. Yes, the Nintendo Switch passes 84 million units sold as the company records record profits. Thank you to Eurogamer.net for this article and I'm going to read it kind of verbatim from Tom Phillips. Nintendo's 2020 was one of the one for the record books. The company earned its best ever operating profit of $6 billion and its second best year revenue of $16.6 billion. That's a lot of dollars. Nintendo Switch now sits at 84.59 million copies, copies, consoles sold, and it's over 587 million games sold. By comparison, the Wii, Nintendo's top-selling console, shifted to 101 million consoles. Wii U struggled to hit 14 million. But Nintendo also expects a decline in profit and revenue for the current financial year, ending 31st of March 2020, unable to match the same level of pandemic boost sales seen by the Switch as its and its breakout success of Animal Crossing New Horizons over the past 12 months. Just going to kind of go over that, and it's no surprise that everyone's sitting at home over the last year looking for something to do. Animal Crossing releases, it's a warm, cuddly game, sells loads of Switches. It's as simple as that. It's real, you know, basic kind of. Yeah, we've got it. We've got a console that's great, hybrid. Everyone's sitting at home, probably got a little bit of extra cash. Right, we're going to release Animal Crossing just as the pandemic really kicked in here in the UK, and then essentially what we've got is a record-breaking selling console. It's no surprise at all, none whatsoever. The article goes on to say. Uh, the best-selling game, which was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, has now passed 35.4 million copies sold, with Animal Crossing close to its heels with 32.6 million copies after its year release. That's insane. Actually, to compare that, Animal Crossing has been out for a year. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the second version of Mario Kart 8, but the second version, the Deluxe version, has sold 35 million copies in, what I want to say, four years. 32 million New Horizon copies sold in a year. Bonkers. Absolutely balmy. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Mario Odyssey have each sold more than 20 million copies total. Ring Fit Adventure has now passed 10 million, and I'm not surprised by that last one. We tried to pick up a copy of Ring Fit last year. Couldn't get it anywhere. It was absolutely sold out, and you genuinely could not get that game for love or no money, and it's a great fitness experience from what I'm told. I've still yet to play it. Recently, we've seen releases like Super Mario uh, 3D World, Bowser's Fury, shifting 4 million copies in its first six weeks, showing there's still plenty of success to be had in re-releasing Wii U games for a wider audience. And while they're still selling games of re-releases like that, we will still see re-releases as until the, the Wii U library is all on the Nintendo Switch. And that's the biggest thing with Nintendo, is their backlog is insane. Their backlog is genuinely the one of the most insane uh, backlogs you can find. People love it to death. There are games there, there's hidden gems, and they probably wonder why people emulate Nintendo 
more than any other console and manufacture as much as they do because people do adore those games. There's things like the Paper Mario series, like A Thousand Year Door, I'd love to see on the Switch. The original Super Mario RPG, I'd love to see on the Switch. Yes, it's on the SNES mini, uh, mini console, but I want it on the Switch. It's things like those kind of games, there's two off the top of my head, that I would love to see from Nintendo's back catalogue brought forward. I mean, if they're going to bring Thousand Year Door from the GameCube to the Switch, I hope they do a lot better than they did with uh, Mario Sunshine, but that's a different story. So we're going to look ahead. Nintendo has Metopia in May, Mario Golf Super Rush set for June, followed by Legend of Zelda uh, Skyward Sword in July. And last night, it also names Game Creator Garage, which we're going to get to shortly, as an eShop game creation station set for the 11th of June. So Nintendo have got quite a heavy uh, couple of months coming up. Some big hitters in there. I mean, I don't know much about Metopia. I can download the demo and talk about it next week. Mario Golf Super Rush looks like a great family um, golf game to get everyone together. And the fact that they're using Joy-Con motion controls makes a hell of a lot of sense in that one. Skyward Sword, they're obviously re-releasing it. People, There are going to be people that have never played Skyward Sword because of the control system with the nunchuck remote and things like that just were not great, as we well know. And then also we've got uh, Game Creator Garage, uh, which, as I said, I'll get to. Don't know a lot about it, but we've had a, a video of it. <laughs> There's some funny stuff on the internet about this, which we'll, we'll talk about. Last year, we saw Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl set to launch before Christmas this year, and Pokemon Legends Arceus due in early 2020. If you didn't see that, we're getting like a chibi version of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond later this year and Shining Pearl. Me and my son will pick up a copy each. Of course we will. I've, I can't wait to play those. Hopefully they put all the platinum stuff into Diamond and Pearl and not it's not the Diamond and Pearl stuff because I know Platinum's better but anyway um, it would have been better if they just redid Platinum but there we are and Arceus is the open world adventure by the looks of it the Zelda inspired Pokemon adventure so that's going to be quite interesting graphically it didn't look anything special at the time but hopefully we just saw a really early version it's a bit worrying when you see an early version and it's due in an early of the following year but anyway so we still got to um, mark Zelda's 35th anniversary this year. Skyward Sword is promising, but Breath of the Wild 2, obviously in the future, we don't know when it's coming out. You, I suspect we're going to see like a triple pack like we saw with um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and I expect it'll be a timed release as well. I think Nintendo were seeing what could happen with their timed releases like Super Mario 3D All-Stars and seeing kind of what effect it was going to have on the gaming market and, and because people literally ramped up like hell to buy it towards the end of its life if you like before Nintendo took it away I think we're going to see a mass I'm going to see Nintendo do that on a more more scale so you'll see something probably like um, Majora's Mask um Ocarina of Time and maybe um, the cartoony one, which I can't remember which one it's called now. Wind Waker, Wind Waker, all in one pack, sold for $60 or 50 quid, and then it'll be available for six months and then gone. Um, I can see them re releasing Twilight Princess like they're doing with Skyward Sword, but we'll see. I may be wrong, they may not go back down that route, but Nintendo saw how much money 3D All Stars made in that last month, they'll go down that route again. Breath of the Wild 2 is interesting. I'm going to do a, a kind of a, a segment on a future show of everything that we know or have got theories about, you know, Breath of the Wild 2. 
while I'm interesting to know what's going on, I am still on the fence because we haven't seen much of Breath of the Wild 2 except from one trailer a couple of years back. But it should be no surprise that the Switch is selling well and will continue to sell well. And I even believe the light is obviously bundled into that sales figure. And if they release a pro version, what would be great to see is a breakdown of, you know, sales versus the Switch original versus the pro version i would quite happily get the pro version and we don't know if that's true or where we are in the case of that coming out so nintendo as currently they're knocking it out of the park it's great to see um there is a game or two that i need to review which is bowser's fury world and all that of oh, bowser's fury world super mario um 3D World, Bowser's Fury Adventure. I need to review that. I haven't sat down properly and done the actual Bowser's Fury part. But there we are. Um, as I said, no great shakes that Nintendo was selling consoles, doing really well. I did catch an article this morning, which I haven't gone into too much, is that they could be affected by the global silicon shortage. If you're not sure what this is, essentially last year when the pandemic kicked in, production of the silicon slowed up. Big companies were saying they weren't going to need the uh, silicons for GPUs, C uh, CPUs, cars, everything that uses the silicon is being affected by it and Nintendo could soon see that along with makers like Apple and we're seeing the effect with you know GPUs really having a bad, bad time getting into the hands of gamers and not scalpers so I suspect we'll see this I suspect Nintendo will be playing the release and I could probably hazard a guess of why we haven't seen anything from Nintendo in the pro model is because maybe they're concerned that they won't be able to get enough units out to feed the people that want to upgrade their system. They could be holding back because of this silicon shortage where, and that's where we could be likely to be seeing the problem. Maybe in next week's Beyond Nintendo, we'll sit down and I'll go through my theory of why I think Nintendo are holding back in releasing of the Switch Pro. But let me know what you think. Did you pick up a Nintendo at the start of the pandemic? Did you pick up Ring Fit? Did you pick up any of the games that I've listed? Are you excited for Breath of the Wild 2? I really want to hear your thoughts and feelings regarding, you know, the Nintendo's last year especially. It's been an absolute brilliant year for them. I'll give you all the details of where you can contact me at the end of the show. So, Nintendo have announced a new game coming out in June, which is Game Birage, Birage? Game Builder Garage. Wow. Um, essentially is a building platform game that from Nintendo. Uh, they finally got to the point where they're fed up with making their own games and getting backlash and they've turned around and said you can make the games instead. It essentially looks like, uh, and that was a joke by the way, I'm throwing shade at Nintendo. Um, it's essentially like a programming game where you can make the different steps. Looks like they're going to have all the 3D elements built in already, but you essentially put the physics and the basics together to make your game. Um, whether there's much more about it, I've got the Nintendo blurb here, so let's read what they've got to say about it. Game Builder Garage, available from June the 11th, 2021. I don't know if this has got a price on it. Have you ever dreamed of building your own video games? The Game Builder Garage software is a great place to start. Anyone can learn the basics of game design and visual programming with step-by-step -step lessons create, uh, created by the minds at Nintendo. So, getting started, each lesson is broken down to multiple parts to let you go at your own pace. Um, and on their website, they've got some, basically, outline of what they've got here. Um, they've got what looks to be 
like some blocks that join. These will be the code blocks that join uh, throughout your, your experience. And on the side there looks like they've got another panel where they essentially it joins another load of stuff. And then you go into the game itself. Uh, build and play. The included guide lessons teach you how to build several fun games. Uh, here are a few you can make. You've got Tag Showdown, On the Roll, Thrill Racing, and so on. Power up a new skill. Learn something new is like gaining a real-life power-up. Game Builder Garage helps you understand the basic visual programming in a fun way, a memorable way. With your new power-up, you might just look at video games and, it abs and you enjoy every day in a different way. Continue to learn and power yourself up even further. So flex your creative muscles, ready to take the lead, let your imagination and curiosity run wild in the in free programming where skies are the limit. Add Nudon to your programming screen and decide how to interact to bring the game to life. You can choose your music and exciting theme. Even if you're not quite sure what to make, play around with Nudon to might give you a great idea or two. And you can share them with friends, exchange codes with friends to download their games, share your own, check out the programming behind the games, and you can even use the feature to work with friends. So. It's a great little educational thing. Uh, this is uh, just before the game file size is 10.5 gigabytes. So it's a fairly chunky boy going on to the switches. I think, interestingly, my thoughts on this is it's a great little tool and I don't see why not. But I wish they'd expand, expand on Mario Maker. Uh, you know, it feels like they come up with these ideas for these games and they go, oh, that's not really working and drop it. I think Labo recently may have just been dropped as well. I just, I think it's great to get younger audiences or anybody into programming or learning a new skill. But what I would like to see is this being really supported by Nintendo, new feature sets being added. My disgruntlement comes from how they treated Mario Maker 2. That game essentially is an indefinite Mario platformer and it was almost like they got to a point in its lifespan and went, you know what, that's enough, screw it, can't be able to do anymore, move on. And that's how it felt. That's just how I felt about it. I really didn't think, for me personally, that the support or the growing support was there from it. And, it is, and it's a good community, the Mario Maker community. And essentially, this is, you know that kind of game where you make your own levels, share them, download them. It'll be interesting to see how much restrictive control Nintendo puts in place. Um, it is funny to think that Nintendo don't want people to make, and I know it's copyright and it's their IPs and all that kind of stuff, but they make fan-made projects where your people are making these incredible Mario experiences or these incredible Zelda experiences, and they shut them down. And again, I know it's copyright, it is illegal, but still, and then they bring a game out like this where essentially they're saying, oh, here you go, you can now make games, but in our controlled environment. So that for me is probably one of the big things is to see how much control Nintendo are going to have over the entire experience. Will I be picking this up on day one? I don't think so. It's not something that really jumps out at me as a exciting piece of technology. I'll wait for the review, see what comes in. But I genuinely think maybe, just maybe, um, it's something that, especially if Nintendo support and they really flesh out, could be a really good little substantial piece of kit for the Switch. But they've got to support it. They can't drop it after six months and go, yeah, that'll do. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, are you going to be getting it? Is it something that you've got your eye on? 
I will definitely be watching it a little bit more closely. Once we get a bit more news about it, once we do get some ins and outs, and maybe we'll get probably like a mini direct thing or some a video of what you can do and how it works, I'll report back because maybe my attitude will change. Just want to talk about a shadow drop that came out of pretty much nowhere. Baldur's Gate is coming to the Switch. We've already got Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, but not Baldur's Gate 3. But unfortunately, it's not Baldur's Gate 3 coming to the Switch. It is the iconic RPG, action RPG, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. It's out today for Nintendo Switch. This is from Nintendo Life, so thank you to over there. The action RPG, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, is being released today on Nintendo eShop and multiple other digital platforms and it's selling for $29.99 $29 or 29 euros the original uh, version uh, made its debut on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox One in 20, uh, 2001 and was ported across to the GameCube. This is the latest iteration of Dungeons & Dragons Classic. It's not a remaster or a remake, but a re-release with widescreen support. Two-player local cooperative play is also returning, meaning you can take all sorts of monsters with a friend. Are you ready to return to the Western Coast? Um, it doesn't seem like there's any online play. I find this one a little bit strange and a little bit kind of out there i've watched the trailer a few times it doesn't excite me to the point where i think it's going to be amazing um it's an, an arpg very similar to, to diablo those kind of games torchlight set in the um dungeons and dragons universe and i've been playing some DD with some friends and it all from from what the trailer looks like because it's not a like a remaster or a remake it's got all the same graphical uh, styles of when it was originally released. It obviously supports widescreen. Wide I suspect this game is going to run fine on the Switch without a problem. I mean, it's a 20-year-old game being re-released. I suppose we can't really complain at that. But at the same time, I do, I do think that sometimes, quite possibly, that publishers and developers are always after that very quick kind of buck if you like I think that's quite cynical it's quite a cynical way of looking at it and they you know but 30 pounds for a 20 year old game is it too much is it something that we should be um that we just need to be a bit more careful of purchasing when they're that expensive um okay 30 pounds isn't full full triple a title you know release price but still there are some great arpgs on the switch for less money um so but we'll have to wait and see what the uh, the reviews come out at i haven't seen anything on metacritic yet um i'm gonna request a review code and maybe we'll pick one up i've just picked up tower of time and we'll get to the what am i playing this week section shortly but there you go a shadow drop anybody else excited about this one it's coming to switch today as of recording so finally in the news i want to talk about a game that i can get behind and i'm really excited for this is baldo baldo is a um upcoming action zelda like with what we class as studio ghibli-esque art style and it's coming to the nintendo switch pc ps4 and xbox one it's been on my radar for a long long time and it looks absolutely bloody gorgeous it really does it's got if you've ever played nino kuni it's got that art style a little bit not uh as flamboyant i think is the best word in its art style but it has a studio ghibli-esque 
Combat is handled as an action style combat. Zelda inspired is the best way to look at it. Um, where you can use items in battle. You've got yourself a sword and shield. I'm hoping there's going to be more weapons as you play along. But there's an exciting video from IGN. Uh, which is 12 minutes of exploration and combat gameplay. And it looks stunning. I hope this is running at a solid frame rate on the Switch. Um, I don't care if it runs at 30 or 60. I just want it to be flat, solid frame rate on the Switch. We don't know how long this the game is going to be. But if you're a fan of Zelda, if you're a fan of exploration, that sword and shield combat... Um, I'm expecting there to be dungeons, puzzles, uh, different quests, that kind of stuff. I genuinely think this is a game that everyone should have on their radar because it looks brilliant. It looks like there's towns, hubs to visit. You've got the heart systems uh, similar to Zelda. As I said, the art style, I think, again, going back to it, is that kind of cross between Zelda Breath of the Wild and Nino Kuni. Um, probably more on the Nino Kuni sides. I've just seen a clip of a chef literally cut a fish, fish's heads off. It's wonderful. I'm going to leave the trailer linked in the in the show notes. It looks like every character's got some kind of characteristic. They're moving differently. There was a moment there in the video where the character runs past a person holding a pot, and he got quite close to him, and the pot itself. Um, flies out of the hand there's another video as well which is 13 minutes of town and side quest gameplay which was out four days ago so there's side quests and there's looking like there's infantry looks like to be a big old map to explore as well actually they just open a reasonable size map if that's the the full map then i don't i don't know the best way to describe it but it's it's probably on par with something like uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Maybe a little bit smaller than that. Which is good. So it will depend on how dense these maps are, this area. So it looks like it's going to be like an open world. Or it will be a town and hub locations. But from my initial impressions, it looks to be open world. Different weapons, inventory, armor, that kind of stuff. Plus you've got your potions. So I expect there will be some crafting as well. So yeah. Baldo is well onto my uh, my hit list. I can't wait for this game to release. I don't know when it is due to release. I think it's out this year. And honestly, it looks great. Um, put it on your radar. Give it a little watch. And go support these guys and girls that are making games like this. Because these are the games that we want to be supporting. These indie developed games. They're the ones we want to support. Seriously, because they're making some really, really good games, and this I'm really excited about. I realise I probably added nothing to that Baldo. I probably that description of how I describe Baldo makes about as much sense as a chocolate teapot. But there we are. That's how it is, and that's how I do my thing. It's all pretty much free script. Um, and I want to add a new section to the end of the podcast or wherever I do it of what I'm playing this week. Um, Essentially, what I'm playing, you heard at the beginning, all about Wargroove, but I'm also playing, or picked up, as you can hear me turn my switch on, on sale recently, um, as of recording, I don't know if the sale is still going on, so if you're listening to this in a week or so, it won't be live anymore, there's been a massive, a massive RPG sale or action RPG, we've had the Final Fantasies on offer, we've had things like Yeast 8, all these kind of games, and I picked up Tower of Time, and Tower of Time is a very, a very 
underestimated RPG. It's brought to us by Event Horizon, published and developed by Event Horizon. On Metacritic, currently it's sitting with a 77 Metacritic score and a 7.9 user score. So it is fairly high. And I think there's a lot of good going for it. I'm very early on, but I wanted to talk about the combat. So the best way to describe Tower of Time is if you just want a in combat experience a lot of action rpgs or rpgs can come with a lot of story and sometimes you don't want that sometimes you just want to kick the crap out of monsters and bad guys bad guys as we call them and i think for me this does a really cool job of that but it does it in a unique way so you are exploring a tower and there are some other areas i haven't got to them just yet and then from there you go from a to B but when you see some monsters you essentially go into what I'd call a separate battle arena it's very similar to a Final Fantasy when you're exploring the overworld and you would find yourself in a random battle you'll get put into a battle arena a lot of action RP or a lot of RPGs do this but not action RPGs this is the first kind of that Diablo style you know look down that does this it and it comes into that kind of crpg mix it kind of falls between divinity original sin 2 or divinity original sin and something like diablo and kind of smushes it together and we kind of out pops tower of time so the combat takes place in a battle arena you have your squads of two three four people and it's up to four players in your squad and essentially what happens from there on is you are then taking on waves of enemies and it's up to you to use your powers your abilities to attack and defeat these enemies so you have um, things like tanks healers you have dps and that all plays a, a relevant role in how the combat takes place and not only that, you can switch into like a tactical mode, which slows everything down and you can kind of grasp the scenario of what's going on around you. You have the ability to uh, press the um, open up your skills menu. And if, for example, say it's a wall, you can draw a line on the floor and it will put the wall on that line. And it's quite a clever combat system that I'm still getting my head around. The buttons are a little bit confusing, I'm not going to lie. I feel like the translation to console has been a little bit kind of all over the place, but it's not a bad translation. If, for me, I'm to look at uh, CRPGs or ARPGs as a comparison to how well they've translated to a console platform, up there at the top is things like Diablo 3 and Divinity Original Sin 2. They're kind of my benchmarks for these kind of games and how well they've uh, ported over with their controls. Not the game itself, because you can port the game quite comfortably, but how the controls feel, how clunky and how smooth the controls feel to use on the screen. And this will take some getting used to because you've got a lot of combinations to use. So you've got to press like the right button, right shoulder button while using the right stick to draw your lines or do your AOE, that kind of stuff. But I'll get used to it. But essentially, it's what I've been playing. That and Wargroove has been taking up my time. I, on Desert Island Games, I'm going to be discussing my experience with Cyberpunk 2077 soon. But I'm also going to be doing this, what am I playing this week? And then we'll go into a final kind of like how I feel about that game in a couple of weeks, three or four weeks once I finish the game. So that's what I've been playing. Let me know what you've been playing as well. So thank you to all who's listened and downloading the show. As I said, the show kind of, I was going to say how the show was going to change, but the what I'm playing this week is essentially what the new thing is. 
and how that will work is I'll bring you a new game each week and then in about three or four weeks you'll get my final thoughts and feelings and my recommendation of you should be paying money for this game and I'll give it my seal of approval if you like. Um, reviews will be done slightly different. Unless I'm, I need to get a review out, then it'll be completely slightly different. But that's how the show's going to work. So as always, thank you for everyone who's listening, subscribing. If you are listening on your favorite podcasting app, thank you. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also download the Anchor app, Anchor on, your, on Google Play and Apple App Store. Leave me a voice note. Get in touch with the show. Let me know exactly how you feel about Nintendo, their sales, what you've been playing. I'd love to hear from you. I'll play your voice note out on the show. And as always, thank you to my Patreons for supporting me over at patreon.com slash Nintendo. You can get Beyond Nintendo and Desert Island games early if you head over to that Patreon and support me there. My name's been Richard, and this has been Beyond Nintendo, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.